Mindfulness Mode 401. And it's not about blaming and shaming. It's about reclaiming. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness here on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. Hey, do you work in corporate or do you have a team of employees? Here's how you can reduce stress and increase happiness, productivity, and profitability in the workplace. Download this free resource. It's called 10 Simple and Effective Ways to Increase Mindfulness in the Workplace Now. Once your employees are happier, productivity will increase. And you can download this resource for free right here at mindfulnessmode.com forward slash workplace P with the P standing for productivity. Mindful Tribe, I am so looking forward to this, this interview because we're going to have a wonderful talk about women, the rising woman, and uh, so many things around that. I have Lauren Elizabeth Walsh with me today. Hey, Lauren, are you in mindfulness mode today? Hi. Yes, I am. It's great to be here. Yeah, and it's great to have you here. Lauren Elizabeth Walsh is the founder and CEO of Global Sisterhood, which is a platform for the rising woman. That's a worldwide movement providing transformational practices and intentional space for self-growth. Lauren's passionate about the liberation of the feminine and healing the wounds between men and women. Through her work with Global Sisterhood, she helps thousands of women in over 85 countries cultivate their emotional freedom and live in their power. So let's start with mindfulness. I can't wait to dig into some of these other aspects of what you do, Lauren, but what does mindfulness mean to you? Hmm. I've been thinking about that question, knowing that I was going to be on this show. And I think there's an aspect to mindfulness that is a feminine intelligence that often gets overlooked. And that is an energetic mindfulness as much as it is a mental mindfulness. And so women and men, we all have these emotions and often these emotions just overcome us. But with mindfulness, true mindfulness, we're able to understand and choose which emotions we feel. So there's a presence Yeah, so there's a presence in the present moment and an awareness of your energetic space around you, what you're feeling that is truly you or what you're feeling is a, which might be a product of your environment or a loved one, something of that nature. And so people that are very mindful in full body, full spectrum mindfulness have an awareness of their surroundings and what they let into their vessel and let into their body. Lauren, what is a feminist? And are you one? What is a feminist? Oh my gosh, that whole question. Um, Well, there's a lot of misinterpretation around what feminism is. And it's a word that is either hated or revered. And I want to first off say that I am so grateful to the men in my life who have supported me and who have lifted me up. And I am a feminist. I believe that the feminine intelligence, which is both in men and women, is very needed to support an evolution of our world, an innovation of our systems, our businesses, and our government. And I believe the liberation of the feminine is not just women rising. It's it's about it's about liberating softer, more intuitive, more receptive qualities in humanity. 
yeah, that's what I think. And so, yes, I'm a feminist, but maybe I'm a, my own definition of feminism. Well, you're all about global sisterhood. You're the CEO of this organization. What is global sisterhood? Global Sisterhood is a platform for rising women to discover who they are, discover their power, discover their voice, and discover their worth. So what is a rising woman? A rising woman is a woman who is reclaiming the aspects of her that she has shut down because society told her that she needed to be a good little girl. And she needed to follow this particular path and perhaps said that she needed to look a certain way or speak a certain way in order to be loved and accepted and successful. So a rising woman is reclaiming her true power, her true individuality, and innovating the world with her, her essence. So did society tell her that or did men tell her that? I don't know. I don't think that, I think it's more society, to be honest. I think a long time ago, we chose to worship a masculine God. Right. God, there wasn't and there wasn't a duality to God where God was both man and woman. It was the father God in, in, in most traditions. And so there was an aspect of masculinity being weird and femininity being less than. And so we built our belief systems and our structures and our, our world around that belief. And so men obviously adopted that they were superior to women. And women felt they were inferior. And there was, I mean, throughout history, women have been burned, women have been blamed, women have been so oppressed. And is it an individual man's fault? No, it's a wound that is global. And men were just as convinced by this lie as women were. And it actually equally impacts men and women just in very different ways. It really does. And you provide transformational practices through Global Sisterhood. What are some of those practices? Well, one of our main practices is women's circles. So I don't know if your listeners here know what a women's circle is, but it's a safe place to go through a, a process, a conversation like we're having now, a deeper conversation where there's authenticity and there's vulnerability and there's sharing. And there's a, a facilitated process. It's kind of like a yoga class. It's like dim lights, candles, a facilitated process of transformation with different themes. So we provide monthly themes for women to gather in circles. In the past three years, we've had 8,000 women's circles happen in over 85 countries where women have been like, you know what? I need community. I need sisterhood. I need deeper conversations. And so it's a perfect space where women can come together and authentically connect. And we, we provide the tools and guide the entire experience. And then also we have different programs and courses for knowing yourself, coming into your power, healing anxiety, all those things. So every new moon women gather. How did this come to be that it had to do with the new moon? The new moon tradition is as old as time. Women have been gathering under the moon for a long, long time. And it just so happens that I used to lead new moon circles um, in my 20s. And when Global Sisterhood came about, we launched on International Women's Day. Basically, we were like, okay, if we could send a message out to the world, and this is before a lot of the most recent women's movements, we're like, what would we, what would we say to women all over the world? And the message was really about let's come together and heal. 
Let's come together and heal the division between us because this competition between women has been also very, very real, this comparison epidemic. And that comes from the wounding of feeling less than, right? And so if we could just eliminate that wounding and bring women together to feel safe with each other, we'd be unstoppable. And so on International Women's Day, we're like, okay, we're going to launch a campaign for women all over the world to do this, to gather in circle and to do this. And it happened to be a new moon, which I thought was very auspicious given the history of women gathering around the moon. And so we just continued every new moon with a new theme, themes like sacred sexuality, really learning about what that means for us. Um, themes around freeing the voice, knowing your boundaries, knowing your truth, learning how to say no, all these different types of things, empowered body relationship, things that really are important to a woman's psyche and a woman's well-being. How can we heal the wounds between men and women? I mean, that's, that's obviously a huge question, but is this part of the process by meeting, by women only meeting at the time of the new moon? Well... I love this question because this is one of my greatest passions. And I do believe, I have a question for you. Have you ever been in the presence of a very powerful woman who could see you and she could see you through all of your insecurities, see you through all of your, your, your blocks, all of it, and, and see who truly, truly are and call you forward to be that person. Many times I have, yes. That's a powerful thing that a woman can do, but she can only do it, truly do it when she knows who she is and she feels free and confident in herself and not limited by uh, her societal trauma of thinking she's not good enough. And so the idea of us coming together to really empower our voices and empower who we are and really come to know ourselves is that we impact the men around us. There's a ripple. We can know what is true for us so we don't develop codependent tendencies we can say no but we can do it with compassion we can be fiercely ourselves but we can do it with love and that in turn will help awaken the masculine make the masculine feel safe to share their deeper aspects that they have been traumatized into believing they shouldn't feel their emotions so is global sisterhood a non-profit organization no, it's not. It's actually a for-benefit corporation, which brings me into a new conversation. I'm hoping to transform the paradigm of business. I'm hoping to create businesses that are more sustainable because the mission is good, quite like a nonprofit, except we're not asking others for, for money, for charity. We're wanting women to invest in themselves, and thus the mission continues. So women who invest in our products, we just continue to give resources for free to women who can't afford it. And this is the type of business model we're trying to, we're trying to create. So what kind of products do you, do you have? Right now we have a membership program. Uh, it's called Her Rising. And we are about to launch a 30 day challenge after our International Women's Day campaign, which will be amazing. It's a freedom challenge. And then we have different types of one-off offerings as well as um, a live event called Emerging Leader Live, where women come together and we teach them the art of leading transformation. So to be a facilitator of transformation in whatever capacity at work or in a women's circle or anything like that, we teach that art. And where is this live event going to take place? Austin, Texas. Okay. All right. And when is it? We don't have a date for this year for that event, but we do have a date for our International Women's Day event, which I'd love to invite all of your listeners to participate in. And it's on March 8th, coming up fairly soon. 
Oh, that is soon. March 8th is International Women's Day. Mm-hmm. And we have okay. the Free the Feminine campaign happening. So you can go to freethefeminine.org and you can find all sorts of ways to participate. One, you can receive free resources, a free guidebook that's 20 pages long that teaches you how to lead a woman's circle. It's oh. an amazing resource that we give away for free because we want women to have access. And then you can gather your sisters together, gather some girlfriends, three women will be a circle and you can go through the process that we give you or you can stay at home and listen to our live broadcast or we'll do a global meditation. So in 2017, the last time we did a global meditation, we had 60,000 women participating in this global meditation to for, for the feminine. And this year it's specifically around freeing the feminine essence, freeing ourselves. And we're going to have a panel of really amazing women that are going to explain how we actually tangibly step into that. So that's freethewomen.com. Freethefeminine.org. Oh, freethefeminine.org. Yeah. Okay. Freethefeminine.org. And also go to globalsisterhood.org, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's where everything is housed that you promote with Global Sisterhood. Oh, I want to talk about the Gillette commercial about uh-huh. toxic masculinity. Did you... How did you find this commercial and what's your take on it? Somebody somebody passed it along to me saying, hey, you should check this out. I think it was my boyfriend, actually. Yeah, I think he, he was like, hey, watch this. And um, what I thought about it was it was quite like some of – I thought that I could have created a better video, to be honest. I, I, I love creating videos around this topic. We have several you can check out and watch. Um, this year particularly is is a beautiful one. Um, but I think that it was inspiring to know that they were taking a stand on that. And I think it could have been done in a less contrived way that was less of a poke on men and more inspiring. A lot of men were very angry. I know that Piers Morgan said if they did this to women, feminists would go crazy. Right. What's your What's your response to that? My response is that I think that I think that men should recognize that even if they are not that, even if they are not in a picture of toxic masculinity, it exists. And I love it when I interact with men who I love and adore who are like, yeah, cool. I'm glad this is out there. And men that are actually looking at them the way they are. And they might not be toxic, but maybe they have slight patterns that they're working on healing. And all people need to be doing that, women and men. This is a time in our planet where we really have to make some changes and that change begins within. So it's not about like women versus men. It's about, hey, yes, there is toxic masculinity and there is toxic femininity, competition, comparison, jealousy, gossip, manipulation. That is real. And that all comes from wounding. And we are all I don't mean to sound extreme, we are all slightly wounded or very wounded um, because this world is is less than perfect. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're all on a journey to heal through these things. And, uh, you know, I think that anybody who watches the the Gillette commercial and feels like it's it's an attack on all men, I think they're missing the point because I think that that yeah we have an issue sometimes women have an issue like we have to be open and we have to be willing to sit down and talk 
And so on. And what about the Me Too movement? What's your take on that? I thought the Me Too movement was a very important time in history. Because the thing about this type of abuse and this type of harassment is that women feel a lot of shame when it happens to us. We somehow can internalize that it's our fault that we did something wrong. And this is an intergenerational trauma that has been happening for years, for generations. And so for women to liberate their voices and to say, me too, that changed everything. And now we're going into, okay, how do we not be victims and how do we stop blaming and shaming the patriarchy and how do we take our power back? And that's an important conversation. But first, we needed to liberate our truth. We needed to share the truth and then the sheer magnitude of how many women have experienced this was powerful. And I think it really, really touched men. But where I see we are now is this kind of like, okay, everybody understands and sees, but what do we do next? And I really, truly believe the next step is healing. And women have to heal too. And so that is exactly what Global Sisterhood is here for. And that is what our Free the Feminine campaign is here for. And it's not about blaming and shaming. It's about reclaiming. Do you think sometimes it gives the wrong message, though, when Global Sisterhood is about women getting together and it's not about women and men getting together? From what I know, it's about women getting together in circles and this kind of thing. Do you think that sends a positive message all the time? I think it can be misinterpreted. But think about this. Things that men deal with and things that women deal with are, are a little different. We're not the same. I think women in men's circles are very helpful too, but that that's another level of vulnerability that first women just need to learn how to share with other women. And the truth is men need this so much and there are efforts to create it for men. There's something called the global sister, global brotherhood that's actually being created, right? Oh. Which, is an, which is a similar concept. And there's the mankind project and there's all these different types of ways for men to come and like learn to, to speak about their emotions. And once we get comfortable doing that, then yeah, there can be a lot, there can be these deeper conversations. I think that's really, really interesting that you said that, that women have to learn how to share. Because as a man, I thought that women were way better at doing that than we are as men. I think that men really need to know how to share and learn how to do that as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. But there's a different type of sharing. There's complaining, there's whining, there's just like getting caught in the same story, or there's empowered sharing with deep reflection and, and, and true vulnerability, true vulnerability in a group of women. And a lot of things can come up. You can, it's a great place to see yourself when you're sharing your truth with other women. And we, as women, need to learn to trust each other as well. And in that process of realizing we can trust the women around us, we start trusting ourselves to make the right choices. We, we let go of doubt, we let go of fear, and we start walking our path with clarity and peace. That Gillette commercial starts with the word bullying. It has, it's about bullying as well. And I want to talk about bullying. I've worked in bullying prevention for a long time. And I know that a lot of women feel bullied. I know that a lot of men feel bullied. Do you feel that bullying is an area that we need to be focusing on specifically? Absolutely. 
However, it's interesting because I was bullied pretty severely growing up as well by both boys and girls. And the boys, the boy bullying was more of like a sexual harassment kind of boys, that boys being boys thing. Right. And then, but the girls was this more hurtful experience. It was just not accepting me, judging me, talking bad about me all these kinds of things. And I never would have considered it bullying. That wasn't even a word that I would have called it. Um, I see it as, yeah, I, I see it as bullying. Really what I see it as is us modeling what our parents have done and what, how the world has been. It's like children come in and they, they feel, they see politics, they see the news, they see the way people are acting with each other and then they model it. And if their parents are talking bad about, other people to each other or if their parents are you know talking bad about themselves the children are going to learn how to do that so this is where i'm saying healing is really important and bullying is a symptom of a, a pain inside right so we really need to treat through through healing the human condition healing ourselves i think there's a whole thing around hugging that we can talk about i know that when I, I've been at a number of, lots of conferences actually and events and, and so on. And I, and I watch people and I look for signs. I, I watch their body language. I, I see how they're interacting with other people. And I think, you know, is that person a hugger? Because at a lot of times at these events, there are, there's a lot of hugging going on. But at the same time, then later, sometimes I see a commentary on social media about this topic. And this actually happened with me at an event where I, I was very, uh, I watched very closely this one person who was very outgoing and, and she was hugging a lot of people. And then I went up to her and I gave her a hug as well because I, I had been watching. And then on social media, she put on how offended she had been because some men came and hugged her, and that was completely inappropriate. I'd just like to hear your take on this whole topic of hugging. Hmm. I haven't thought too deeply about it, other than I think it's really important. I think that some women don't want to hug everyone, I think, especially if they don't know a man or no woman and I think it's scary to be like hi I'd prefer to shake your hand right but right. wouldn't that have been better for you if she was like hey nice to meet you no offense I just would rather shake your hand I don't know you yeah right. that would have been way better for me right. because I never wanted to make anybody feel uncomfortable or feel offended or to invade their space anything like that at all so this is what makes the the kind of the sexual harassment conversation very convoluted because we as women haven't learned to speak our no. We haven't learned to speak our truth. We're too scared. We're too scared to not please. This is part of the healing that needs to take place because if we're very clear, men are fine. They're not going to take it to you. Yeah, absolutely. If she said, oh, you know what? I'm not a, not a hugger or, or I don't, I'd rather not hug people that I don't know that well or whatever she said, I'd be fine with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So this is an, an also a matter of us leaving blame and shame behind and trying to put all the pressure on men to change. We need to change our ways and make it very clear to them how they interact with us without anger. Yeah, I agree. And sometimes anger is important. If you're in a like, if somebody's listening to this and they're in an abusive relationship, your anger 
is important to helping you keep strong boundaries. And it's not a pleasant emotion, but if it's, it's, it's a, it's a stronger emotion than shame or self-doubt. And so sometimes anger needs to be wielded. It needs to be channeled to like really make clear boundaries. And sometimes it comes out messy and fiery and it doesn't sound sweet, but eventually you learn, you learn how to be like, no, thank you. I don't want that. And somebody's like, oh, oh, okay, no problem. Right. I th- yeah, I think sometimes we create something in our mind where we think it's a bigger deal than it really is. And in fact, just be just upfront about it and just say, no, I'm not comfortable with this. And and that's all there is to it. Yeah. I want to talk to you about meditation. Do you meditate? Every day. Yes. What's your meditation look like? Oh, my meditation changes. It's gone through so many iterations. Sometimes there's breath work. Um, often there's affirmations. And I have a prayer practice. I believe prayer is the art of speaking to the universe, the universal intelligence, and meditation is listening. And so often I make my intentions very known. And it's a self-reflection process. I examine and breathe into how I feel. I can feel energetically and emotionally where I'm holding my concerns, my fears, my doubts. I renounce them. I clear myself energetically and emotionally. And then I fill my vessel, I fill myself with what I choose to feel, what I choose to believe. And then I connect with Mother Earth and I connect with the sun, the moon, the stars, and I fortify myself for my day. Is your prayer Christian-based? Um, no, though I was raised Christian, and I do have a connection with Christ consciousness and Jesus Christ as a master teacher with a reverence to all master teachers. And so I think the, the lineage that I, I relate to the most is probably the Christ path. And I speak that um, kind of vulnerably because there's a lot of interpretations around Christianity and a lot of religions. There's a lot of loaded energies around it. I'm not a practicing Christian as somebody would typically consider themselves, but I do read a lot of books about mystic Christianity, Gnosticism. I love the, I love reading about Mother Mary and Mary Magdalene and these women figures, um, these women disciples, these women um, healers, these women incarnate, the goddess incarnate. Like I love reading about this feminine aspect of God. And I find that early Christianity before the, all of the church has so much wisdom around that that I, I find fascinating and healing for myself. So if someone asked you if you were a Christian, what would you say? Ooh, it's a, a scary thing to say, but I would probably say yes. But I'm but I wouldn't want to go but I'm not the type of Christian that some people relate to. So why is that scary for you, Lauren? It's scary for me because I grew up in Texas and I've grown up where when I was younger and I went to certain churches, I felt a lot of judgment of other people. I felt a lot of shaming of people. I felt a lot of this energy and this behavior that did not feel like the kind of God that I could intuitively feel and understand. What I what I believe is that God is in everything. It is in the sun and the moon. It is in me. It is in you. It is in all. And I want to know that mysterious force of love. And I don't need to judge others about what they believe. 
in order to connect with that. In fact, the more I judge, the more disconnected I'm going to be. There's so much talk today about gender and and how you know everything has changed about the way we look at gender there's gender fluidity and there's there's so much in that realm and uh christianity of course has a sort of a history of not looking too kindly on you know people who look at gender in different ways what's your perspective of gender of homosexuality of lesbianism and all of this i fully 100 percent support people in being who they are whatever that means for them the more truthful they are with themselves and the more we as a society can embrace those people I think we will evolve in such a beautiful way. And this is why it's scary for me to talk about my relationship with Jesus Christ, because Christianity historically has done things I don't agree with. Um, And that is one that I do not agree with. Right. Well, thanks for being so vulnerable, because this is not easy stuff to talk about sometimes, but that's what you're all about, helping women through global sisterhood. And I think it's fantastic that you're putting yourself out there. You've got the guts and the courage to do this. What was the hardest part of this, moving into this field in this area? Believing that my voice matters, believing that somebody might care what I have to say, and letting myself be seen. And every day, like talking about Christianity was just really hard for me just now. But I'm doing it to model authentic leadership, vulnerable leadership. Imagine what the presidential elections in the United States would have been like if they were authentic and real. Right. Right. Lauren, as we move ahead, and I, I do want to mention that your website is laurenelizabethwalch.com, and that's L-A-U-R-E-N and Elizabeth, and then Walsh is W-A-L-S-H. Does that connect to globalsisterhood.org? I would advise everyone to go to globalsisterhood.org. There's more attention there. Before I was a, I was the CEO of this three years ago, I had a coaching practice. And right now I'm not seeing many personal clients. And so that, that website is a little bit outdated because all of my energy is focused on creating this movement, stewarding this movement and helping women on more of a global capacity. So go to globalsisterhood.org and find all about Global Sisterhood there and all about Lauren Elizabeth Waltz. That's that's awesome that you said that. As we move ahead in the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions, Lauren. Just 30-second answers are perfect. The first one is this. Who is one person who has influenced mindfulness in your life? Clara Shinoba Luda. She is one of the 13 indigenous grandmothers, and I have so much grateful, gratefulness and gratitude for her and her my journey with her as a spiritual teacher. How has mindfulness affected your emotions? Oh my gosh, I was an emotional nutcase before I learned how to read and stop and observe and understand and shift and move and command really my vessel and my energy and my emotions. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice. Mm. Breathing is key. Breathing moves energy. Breathing is essential. Breathing connects you to your heart, connects you to your mind. It stills me. It slows me down. It calms me. If you could recommend a book related to mindfulness, what would that be? The first book that comes to mind is The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. 
I love that book. I do too. I do too. And can you recommend an app which helps with mindfulness in any way? Yes, because I'm going to create one. Oh, <laughs> what's that going to be called, Lauren? I don't know the name yet, but it's still in it's still in design. So keep on following the Global Sisterhood and wait for awesome. It's it's specifically <clears throat> it's specifically for women, um, and it's about and it will cover different types of things women go through specifically and help them find their their way to their hearts. And what will be the goal of that app? Will it be providing information? Providing practices and tools uh, and guiding people on their path to self-discovery and empowerment. Great. Well, I've really enjoyed our conversation today, Lauren. I think this is wonderful what you're doing and you're having the courage to get out there and share share information and share opinions which are not always easy to share Mm -hmm. so good for you i applaud you for doing this and just keep up the great work thank you this was lovely this was a great conversation i really enjoyed it and i hope that the listeners did too yeah thanks so much lauren all the best to you bye now bye Thanks so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com and type the guest name or the episode number into the search bar. You can also go mindfulnessmode.com slash whatever episode number you like. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by subscribing to Mindfulness Mode wherever you listen, whether it's on iTunes or Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, so many places you can hear Mindfulness Mode. So hit subscribe and share because that truly helps our show. Remember what I mentioned at the top of the show about whether you work in corporate, have teams of employees, and you want to reduce stress with those employees and help them to be more productive? You can download the free resource, 10 Simple and Effective Ways to Increase Mindfulness in the Workplace Now. And once your employees are happier, you know productivity will increase. Download the free resource at mindfulnessmode.com forward slash workplace p so remember subscribing and sharing helps keep mindfulness mode on the air till next time mindful tribe use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm focus and happiness stay in the mode